and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about the eyes of Tammy Faye, and I am happy to be joined by my friend Kayla Stetzel to talk about this one. Kayla, your camera's not on, so I'm hoping you didn't spend too much time in the makeup chair for this. Yeah, no, I didn't spend nine hours getting prosthetics <laughs> on like Jessica Chastain, um, but I am here. Like, <laughs> yeah, Kay- Kayla's having a little hardware difficulty, so uh, I'm, ta- I'm talking to her. It's a little big brothery, but uh, her camera's not on, but she can see me. But uh, but yeah, th- 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 we're, we're going to have to talk about the prosthetics part of this movie because anyone that has seen the trailer knows uh, that is obviously a big part of the story. But uh, the, the Eyes of Tammy Faye is the newest movie from director Michael Showalter, who you might know from, you know, uh, Wet Hot American Summer or uh, Lovebirds or The Big Sick and written by Abe Sylvia. It tells the story of uh, famed televangelist Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker, more with a focus on Tammy Faye. Obviously, they are played respectively by Andrew Garfield and Jessica Chastain. And we get their basically their story about how they worked their way up from uh, nothing to being TV stars on Pat Robertson's Christian broadcast network and all the improprieties that came with that. Kayla, I actually didn't know a ton about uh, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker prior to going to see the movie. I beyond the fact that they were televangelists and I just, mm-hmm. I just had not researched them that much. And I'm curious, uh, it's based on a documentary by the same name that again, kind of, I think also was even more focused on Tammy Faye from what I understand. So I am curious because uh, I, I honestly hadn't even necessarily like committed to seeing this movie i wasn't opposed to it but it wasn't at my the theater closer to me and i hadn't really heard a lot of like buzz one way or the other until you reached Mm -hmm. out about it and i was like oh well kayla says it's interesting and the other uh indie movie i'm thinking of actually traveling a little out out of my way to go see was like the card counter with oscar isaac and i had one friend say this is trash and that one was trash and kayla's like this is interesting i'm like all right this is the one i'll make the effort for and i'm glad i did uh and you kind of described it to me as like very interesting so i'm curious uh what what was your relationship to this subject matter before uh whether it just be televangelists in general or what you knew about uh jim and tammy Faye's story and like, what was the hook to get you to see this movie because you told me before we started recording you thought it was going to be bad so i want to know what got you in the door and h- how were you surprised by this movie yeah so um at the outset, first of all, I knew quite a bit about um, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker before seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. I've not seen the documentary, not now I want to in light of viewing this film, but uh, coming from rural Indiana, I feel like mm. that is kind of one of the target demographics <laughs> for televangelists, right? Um, you know, I come from a Catholic background, Catholic family, so we were never like really into kind of the charismatic evangelical stuff, right? But, you know, a lot of the little old ladies my mom went to church with, you know, this kind of, I think, caused a stir among some church going circles, to say the least. And I remember growing up, you know, my dad was very much, he, he was not a very religious guy. My mom was more into the Catholicism stuff, but my dad would kind of always make fun of Tammy Faye or and Jim Baker, just kind of think, you know, would just kind of poke jokes or, or bring it up um, just randomly. He kind of would talk smack about televangelists, hmm. kind of using Jim and Tammy Faye as like, oh, these guys are probably just in it for the money um, kind of deal. Because I do think at least a lot of people in my local community still probably watch, you know, a lot of tele- televangelism. Really? Um, so it's something I, I, I'm not necessarily close to, but I feel like I know these types of people. 
who, if they were not, I mean, if they were alive back then would have for sure been involved um, with both the network and probably would have been fans of Jim Baker and Tammy Faye. Um, I also went to a very evangelical Christian college. Um, so I feel like I know people who kind of behave in the way that, you know, Jim and Tammy Faye were pr- portrayed, which perhaps made it more interesting <laughs> for me to watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think what surprised me the most is, you know, the, well, first, Jessica Chastain's performance is kind of what made it worthwhile for me. Oh, yeah. Did a, very good, did a very good job on it. So I think that's what sold me first and foremost. But also, I don't know if this was intentional, but I found it to be quite funny. Um, so that kind of made it entertaining for me uh, in contrast to just playing it as like a straight gritty drama, which is kind of what I was expecting. They kind of leaned into the the natural campy vibe of T- Tammy Faye Baker, you know, with the uh, gratuitous, almost drag queen like makeup that she was so known for. So I think that, you know, in light of kind of my familiarity with the types of people who'd be interested in them, and uh, kind of just me being impressed with Chastain's performance and also the tone of the film led me to be like, wow, this is a really interesting movie. Very surprised. Because for whatever reason, I don't know if this is your experience. I'd love to talk to you about it. The way that this is marketed, and I cannot pinpoint why, uh, just struck me as being, this is a purely Oscar bait movie. It's going to be of little substance. And it's just Miss Chastain doing really hard transformative work and a lot of makeup in order to get an Oscar. Um, Having watched it, I actually think, oh no, like I'd be very much happy if she won the Oscar. As much as I love Kristen Stewart, um, I would be fine with either of them taking home the Academy um, for, for their performances. So that's kind of where I stand going into this. Ooh, I forgot. Okay. So, uh, I might have to put you down for the Spencer podcast too. Then, uh, oh, I, I, yeah. I, 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 and we might be joined by another royal aficionado if we do that. But yeah, so I, I, it seems like the critical uh, reaction to this film might be such that she might have a little more trouble cracking the lineup. Not that it would be unprecedented for like you know the Oscars to like you know nominate a bunch of women from movies that just like weren't as good because uh, they don't mm-hmm. unfortunately have as many opportunities to lead the movies that normally dominate the best picture lineup. But uh, it's funny that you say that about the tone though, because it seemed like you were pleasantly surprised by the fact that uh, maybe it was not as Oscar baity as the trailer might've led you to believe, because I, that was one of the first things I was going to ask you about, because I think a lot of the critics are like very critical of the tone and taking a little bit of aim. Everyone, I mean, and I agree with you, like I, Jessica Chastain is what made the movie work for me. And I don't think I liked it as much as you, but it, that has nothing to do with her. I think it has more to do with the movie's priorities with respect to how it wants you to feel about her and its politics, which I'll get to in a bit. But specifically with the tone. So I want to ask you how much that really worked for you. Cause I see a lot of people criticizing Michael Showalter saying like, this was his shot at, you know, doing something Oscar Beatty where he normally does comedies and maybe he just wasn't up to it. Cause it didn't think it had good command of the tone. And they're like, well, did it want to be a comedy? Did it want to be a drama? And I'm, and I, I didn't, that wasn't my issue with the movie, because as you kind of hinted at, like, there's some naturally funny aspects of this subject matter when you're dealing with stuff that is like, this can't be. And I'm like, I think it's fine. Like, there's going to be stuff to laugh at here. And given where Jim and Tammy Faye's life ultimately went, like, there's going to be some serious stuff too. And I don't know if it ultimately handled that that's that part of their story super well and and what they decided to show 
but I mean, I wasn't, I was fine with it. Like, you know, having some stuff that was a little sillier and then having some more serious stuff in and of itself, the tone didn't bother me. And it seems like you agree with that. Cause, and I, which I find interesting because that seems like the biggest talking point amongst those who are down on the movie. Yeah. So first I think leaning a little bit into the comedic aspects of Tammy Faye and Jim Baker's life was a smart move. Um, Cause I think, you know, especially with topics as serious as religion, you know, it's, it's going to kind of make people a little bit uncomfortable. So kind of bringing some levity in, I think is necessary, but also there's just something inherently silly about Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, like what they do, um, how they're dressed, how they move on screen, just kind of naturally a little goofy, right? So I, I, I enjoyed the more campy aspects. The one, the one thing that I think held back the movie, and it has to do with the same thing that I liked about it, is um, I do think it, it missed some balance and it kind of drove me a little bit insane while watching the movie. All of the dialogue throughout the entire movie, you know, if Jim and Tammy Faye are speaking in their living room, if they are speaking with family or their children, it's so preachy and sometimes silly and goofy that it kind of removes the humanity from them a little bit. You know, it kind of brings you back out of reality kind of into this campy world um and as much as I love the camp and a little bit of the humor that's in it I think if they made the choice to kind of firm up the dialogue make it a little more natural make it a little less preachy in times of privacy or intimacy you could see you know more of the humanity and the seriousness behind the I don't want to say religious facade but the the public facing religious well yeah because What's funny is they keep up that facade a lot in private. It seems like where it's a lot of them telling each other that this is what God wants for them. And I'm like, that that's just a lot of the dialogue is them saying, this is all God's plan. God wants us to do this. God wants us to do that. I'm like, do they really talk like that when it's just the two of them? Because it seems like that's how the movie covered up a lot of what they were actually doing without actually explicitly showing you a lot of the illegal things they were doing. Yeah. And that, and, and that kind of gets at what I was going to ask you next was that like, I, because my personal, one of my personal criticisms was one, I, I mean, I, I think I know how the movie wants us to feel about Tammy Faye, but I don't know if it really, but I, I think it also wants us to like understand she's complex, but ultimately like her. But I don't know if the movie really like shows you enough of either side of her to get there, whether it be the illegal things that they were doing or uh, some of the good that she ultimately kind of stood for. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't, you, it's only really hinted at. And then it's like shown in the newspapers that like, oh, they're skimming from the church. And then Jim just like denies it and, and just kind of has a, uh, a look of consternation at his desk. And, and that's really it right there. And I don't think they really kind of get into that enough to like for you to really understand like just how sinister their uh, their actions were with respect to how they ran their enterprise. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But I, I do think like the movie could have benefited from like one scene, like maybe if we're lawyers involved going through the charges <laughs> and through the financials right to kind of give audiences the scope and like the culpability especially of jim baker right um because nothing was brought against tammy i believe yeah, and, like, I, he, I, and i wasn't sure if that was because jim like 
I, I, I don't think there was a, I don't remember the, there was a moment where he does say in the movie, like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I think there is something where he makes some comment about it like that. This is like where it's like his cross to bear. I'm, I'm going to be the man that, you know, God wanted me to be for you or something along those right. lines. Like, I'm right. Take this. Exactly. But it, but it doesn't like actually show what her exposure would have been had he not done that. Yeah. And see, that's something that I personally would like to know more, more mm-hmm. about just from like a, you know, a real life perspective i'll probably research that a little bit more um but i i really do get the sense that she probably was way less culpable than him and probably oh, also yeah. blind to what he was doing but i do think like you don't see much of that um in the film which i think for sure as you suggested the movie could benefit from right? yeah well i think i think a lot of the time like i said before and look the movie was i think over two hours long anyway so you can only say you need to add in so much because then we'd be complaining if, that this is a two and a half hour movie if it was a two and a half hour movie probably because most movies don't really earn a runtime that long mm-hmm. uh but i i guess i was left thinking about more how i wanted there was other in, very interesting stuff in this movie that i just didn't necessarily feel like it had the same level of interest in that I did more wanted to have a little bit more about these. And I, their marriage obviously is very important to this story, but there was like, we already talked about, there was maybe one too many scenes of them just like talking to each other about God. And I wanted to see more about uh, how the, how the CBC was run and how they were, how they reacted to Jim and Tammy Faye and what they ultimately stood for. One, I don't really know what Jim stood for besides making money and maybe there's nothing more to him, but you know, I wanted to see, as it seems like Tammy Faye got pushed out to the margins, it's not that explicit about her necessarily doing that because of her expressing views that made them uncomfortable. I can, we can fill in the blanks as to that might've been part of why uh, she makes all the men very uncomfortable when she like, you know, pulls up a seat to that table and says, gay people aren't that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, obviously that's going to like make all of them clutch their pearls. But, uh, and then there's the one scene, which is apparently a pretty infamous moment, which I didn't know about where she's interviewing the, the gay AIDS patient. Yeah, and, and she was one of the first people to ever do that publicly, I think, besides, like, Princess Diana. Like, I mean, yeah. very, very rare for that to happen, so. And we, and, and we saw and we saw Falwell get upset about that, but beyond that, we don't see a whole ton about, like, how that affected their standing or the church's willingness to help them. And then there's, like, a couple whispers at different points about, about uh, Jim's uh, rumored homosexual acts, but I think it just, like, scratches the surface on that, whereas I wanted to see... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. You no, I, I, I just said I wanted to see a little more about like how much of that really shifted their standing in there where apparently because and to the point where they would be left hung out the dry when they presumably made a ton of money for these people from everything we're told in the movie. Yeah. Um, what they also really glossed over was Jim Baker's, you know, alleged rape. Um, oh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, maybe there was some gay rumors about Jim. Who knows if they're true? But kind of glossing over the, the, the rape accusation, I think, was a bit mush. So that could have been. And I, I know there was a line where Ch- Chastain's character, Tammy, was like, that girl, Jim? Or like, just, you know, just like, there's like marginal references to it. I don't even think they, I don't even think they, I don't think they use the word rape even in the movie. I don't think, I don't think they did either. Um, I think they may have used like sexual assault or maybe relationship, which would even be worse. Um, But if you go and like, I mean, it was definitely like, you know, a rape accusation. So that kind of, you know, lost, you know, I was a little bit upset about that or just like that kind of took me 
by surprise. I figured maybe they'd go into that a little bit more and they didn't. But, uh, you know, it is really interesting to me though that, I, I mean, I do feel like, cause Jim, I don't know if you know much about Jim Baker now, he's selling apocalyptic rapture foods in giant plastic buckets to and, people. And I believe he's a big Trump guy, right? Oh, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. I believe he goes on and, you know, the, the whole thing about, you know, how leftists and liberals and gay people are ruining. I'm, well, I'm seeing it. it. Also, he apparently at one point he predicted that if Donald Trump was impeached, the Christians would begin a second American civil war. Um, that's, so, that sounds like something he would say. Um, right. But, they, but the thing is, that's <laughs> one of the things I was missing in the movie as when it came to characterizing them, because it makes it very clear what Jerry Falwell's politics are, which I mean is less surprising. He's a, a, I think he's a larger than life figure compared to them. And people know a little more about him. Whereas we we're, we're kind of led to believe that Jim was just all about making money, which again, not exactly noble, but not exactly also at the same time, not quite as doesn't tell you quite as much about someone's character as, you know, holding all the same views that Jerry Falwell does. Yeah. Uh, and they and then it seems like he's kind of like at different points in the movie caught off guard by the fact that he is like supposed to have those types of views if he's going to like, you know, uh, you know, exist in this world. And then I, I think I had briefly looked on Wikipedia at some point before the movie and knew that he kind of stood for that now. So I was like, oh, they're not really getting into whether or not he like really took those kind of stances. Then we're not really seeing him take those kind of like objectionable views throughout the movie. We're more seeing them get kind of like squeezed out because of just their financial crimes. Well, see, I that's interesting that you see it that way, because I, I never interpreted and perhaps I just brought in my own assumptions. But in watching the film, I thought, you know, that Andrew Garfield's portrayal of Jim was that he held these horrible beliefs, right? And I just assume that a lot of people in this world do until I see otherwise, like I did with Tammy Faye, I guess. It's just they just didn't, they, they never showed him espousing them for the most part. He was more, whenever they showed him preaching, it was more like, you know, platitudes about Jesus. Yeah, which is, to be fair, I feel like that's mostly what he did in, you know, the 80s. Um, True. So, but I feel like everything we know about him is kind of in, in, in pushback against Tammy Faye, right? It was very clear that she was kind of more open to gay people, which was very true. And I think, um, I know you mentioned like a little bit earlier, you're like, oh yeah, like they allude to all these things. They don't really talk about how like the financial, you know, illegal activities may have also resulted in them being squeezed out. I honestly don't know if that's the case because Jim Baker still has a platform right now, you know, to a degree, right? And he actually went to prison, whereas like Tammy Faye never really got that back. I think likely, you know, because she does support, or she did rather, she's passed away, the LGBTQ community um, and was always, you know, somewhat of an advocate in her own weird way, right? So I feel like that did have a, a big, if not more of an impact Aside from her just being a woman. Well, definitely. I, th- I think that's probably a big part of why, I mean, well, she passed away, I think like 14 years ago at this point, but I, but like obviously never got back to that same kind of position that I think Jim has now. And I'm sure her, those different progressive views that she ultimately kind of came to be a little more open about, I think those, that's probably a reason why, but what we're shown in the movie is that they did leave Jim out to dry at, at, at that point. So mm-hmm. it, it, it might've been because they didn't want the baggage that, 
came with Tammy Faye, plus, you know, why be any closer to these financial improprieties? And they have to be at that moment if they find him expendable in that moment. So that's all that's all well and good. I just wanted to see a little maybe more of them like uh, uh, reacting to that and how that kind of shifted their place in that world, which I think they do a pretty good job of like establishing what that what it felt like to be a part of that community, if nothing else, you know, yeah. and like, I think the production design just to go in another direction for a minute is really, really good in the movie. I mean, like, I think it, it, it's, it, you know, I mean, we talk about production design a lot in movies, but you know, I feel like even just like getting it right in a movie like this, that tells you more than the fact that these people live in a nice house. It tells you like what they're in this whole game for. And I thought that it did a good job of conveying that as did they did as they also did a good job with both the TV studios and Tammy's childhood home, uh, which I think, you know, says something about her too. So I think it does a really good job of like, you know, setting up that world and seeing how they all react to her at that dinner at the Robertson residence or that lunch at the Robertson residence. I just kind of wanted to like, you know, I I guess get a little more insight into like uh, how they were, how they were like reacting to these people in the moment as they went off and like did their own thing. Cause it makes it very clear that even before Jim and Tammy Faye reached those heights, like these people were making a lot of money off of them and they, they kind of resented that. Yeah. And I also kind of feel like there was this allusion to jealousy, right? There was this mm-hmm. whole kind of tone that like Jerry Fawa was just jealous that Jim had such reach and he did not, you yeah. know, and I don't know if they just decided to arbitrarily take that tone or if there's some validity there, but that was kind of interesting to me right um that they kind of decided to i don't want to say spin but play it that way um rather than just kind of working out okay like you know they didn't bezel millions and millions of dollars from the public you know maybe they maybe that's why follow and you know the rest of the crew backed away in addition to whatever beliefs tammy faye had at the time well so how did you ultimately feel about tammy faye though i guess would be my question then with regard to that because like i'm saying before i wanted did i personally did want to know a little bit more about like even if she wasn't doing the embezzling herself it seemed like she still at least probably knew that that was how they were getting all their money but again we're led to like see some good things that she stood for so how did you think the movie ultimately did and at least like how it came down on how we should feel about Tammy Faye. And do you think it was effective in conveying whatever that message was it wanted to portray about her? I mean, I I do think it was effective. And I do Mm -hmm. think the the movie has a tone that paints Tammy Faye as being very sympathetic. I honestly do feel like she does deserve a little bit of a more sympathetic look from the public. Cause I genuinely believe, yeah. Like, I mean, she was kind of, um, you know, caught up in the, zeitgeist and whirlwind of the evils of her husband right that was kind of more or less my impression going in so perhaps i'm bringing some <laughs> for timmy faye bias to the table here upon viewing but i'm fully aware of like the atrocities they they you know they were trying to sell heaven and they ruined a ton of people's lives financially so it's like that was horrible right but the degree to which i feel tammy faye is culpable don't really know but I do know you know um that she was a very very early champion of gay rights and to come from and this is what's wild to me is to come from that background and to to be around so many zealous and radical Christian evangelicals and to to have those views so rare (laughs) like it's rare now so I just like that alone 
You're probably uh, like me where you, cause you know, I'm from the panhandle of Florida. You're probably like me and that yeah. you're like, you, you're, you always find it really interesting when I bet when you find, when you like see someone from your hometown post something on social media that like is a little more enlightened than you'd expect, or you're like, Oh, yeah. they're, they, 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 they moved away from home and they learned some things or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, like I was driving like through Indiana mm-hmm. in, you know, the boonies. Uh, and I just drove past a farmhouse with a pride flag out front. And I was like, huh, like I've never in my life had seen that before. Um, so I was like, wow, you know, unexpected out in these parts, but welcomed. So yeah, I think, you know, Tony, my takeaway is I feel like it, the movie did want you to feel sympathetic towards Tammy Faye. I kind of already naturally was inclined to feel that way, but I do think it may have painted over or at least because it didn't go in depth about the specific charges or her specific degree of knowledge made it seem like maybe they were just trying to like sweep some stuff under the rug to paint her sympathetic, you know? Um, did you ever, did you ever see the movie Philomena? No. Do you know, you, you know what it is though? No. Okay. Never. So I, okay. So it's actually one of my, maybe my favorite movie from the year 2013. Yeah. So it stars uh, st- actually written by Steve Coogan, who interesting because a lot of people know him more as like a, a comedic presence starring Judy Dench going into the convent because she like, you know, had a, had a child out of wedlock when she was like extremely young. She was just like sent away by her father and to go like live that kind of life. And mm-hmm. These nuns gave gave her kid up for adoption and never gave her a chance to say goodbye. And uh, she ends up, you know, like going on a ser- going on a search with this character uh, played by with this journalist played by Steve Coogan. And you know, she still like kind of keeps to her religion. And you know, so the origin of her story it, it ends up like you know showing you kind of the bad side of like how Catholicism operated, but also mm-hmm. it portrays her in such a way that it's like, Oh, there is some value and it's respectful of how she still feels about her religion, having grown up in the convent. And I just thought it was really cool how a movie, you know, found the space to criticize religion, but also be like, Hey, if it, we can also be respectful of it at the same time and uh, tell a story that does both. And so I was thinking about, and so I definitely, I definitely recommend watching. It. I think you'd enjoy it, but I, I, yeah. I, 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 I was, and it, it got a bunch of Oscar nominations and actually made a lot of money for a movie of that plot, hundred million. I remember it vividly, you know, during award season. And that was one that I just it slipped through the cracks. Um, yeah. Only nine, only, only 98 minutes. So uh, if you, if, if you have some time in the next few oh, months, yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah. So I, I was just thinking about that as I was watching it. I'm like, because it's showing Tammy Faye having these views, I think this movie like has the potential and, and gets there in, in some ways to being that kind of story that like tells the dirty side of religion, but it makes it clear that like Tammy Faye has this view of Christianity that unfortunately more people don't hold where it's like, you know, mm-hmm. we're all God's children and like Jesus would have loved everyone if, if you guys wouldn't keep twisting his gospel uh, to suit your own uh, sinister ideas. And so I, I kind of like that. And I, and, and my instinct after I first saw it was to maybe criticize it a little bit for like not giving us a little more context uh, for why she came to have those views about the uh, gay community. But at the same time, I don't think it necessarily needs to do that because, you know, some people, they just like, they end up, you know, just being, um, they end up fortunately coming around to the right side of things. You know, even if they're from that kind of area, like he was, some people are fortunately just going to come out the other side and like see things the right way. So I didn't need a lot of context for that though. I think, you know, it probably didn't spend enough time, you know, beyond the scene of her talking with the AIDS patient, just talking about like 
having her talk about her views to other people. And at the same time, like, again, maybe like you said, like being a little more upfront with like what she knew and when, like, I think if it could have just gone a little deeper on both ends, I think it had the potential to really like, not only tell like a a story that like was well-rounded about her, but also said a little bit more about how Christianity is used for ways, both good and bad. And it kind of just skims the surface of both in my opinion, though, again, like, I want to reiterate again, because I'm being kind of critical. It's still like a very watchable movie. And we didn't talk a whole lot about specifically about Jessica Chastain. And again, like, it's like really good. I just think they're like certain storytelling things like that, uh, that I think it could have done better, but like, she is, uh, she is great. And I think she does probably like a lot of the work and just like making her sympathetic, even if you only have like that, those couple scenes. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of what you're mentioning could be resolved if the tone was a little more balanced. Right. Mm. As much as I like, you know, the slight humor again, because they almost exclusively speak to each other in biblical platitudes, hmm. you kind of lose, you know, some of the humanity that could be brought forth with other dialogue. Right. And I get that it's, it's kind of hinted at, or I guess I was able to kind of connect the dots in the fact that like, okay, we are shown in the beginning that Timmy Faye is a child was an outcast from her church because she was a child that was conceived and born out of wedlock. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like a child of divorce, I don't know, divorce out of wedlock, something that was anathema to evangelical Christians or Christianity. That right? would have gotten her mom excommunicated had she not been the only person that knew how to talk to play the piano in the town. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I think like I was kind of able to connect the dots. Okay. Okay. Like she always felt like an outcast that probably made her more, sympathetic to other quote-unquote pariahs of the church which are gay people so like that's probably but I had to kind of connect those dots myself and I literally feel like they could have solved that solution if they just added like two bits of dialogue where it was like I grew up feeling like I was excluded so I don't understand what the big deal you know what I mean but instead of doing having some real kind of more gritty serious conversations it was more of like well I think god blah 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 you know and it, I don't I know a lot of very devout Christians um you know through my experience at undergrad and you know they're wonderful sweet people and they're very religious um but even my most devout friends that I know I mean they don't speak like preachers when they're just having a nice chicken dinner with their family so that was the only part like as much as I did like kind of the camp I was like okay they can they can drop it for a beat or two so we can get a little bit more meaty with the context with what's being revealed emotionally right yeah because I feel like it kind of it didn't ground the film with enough pathos at times because it's kind of hard to just you know, take people seriously when they're just talking on and on about. Well, so that kind of, so that kind of leads you to my next question. I think we kind of both agree that Jessica Chastain's performance uh, somewhat transcends that dialogue. Yeah. Uh, but does Andrew Garfield's? You know, it's a very difficult question, believe it or not, because I truly feel like this performance from Chastain is, you know, absolutely stellar um, with the subtle movements, with the you know, emotive expressions, especially just her eyes, which I know it's a film with the title, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, but like, she's just so, you know, it's just a knockout performance in the prosthetic makeup, wild and amazing. And I'm impressed by it. So to just add, to be able to act through presumably pounds of makeup, it makes it somehow even more impressive. And 
I don't know so much. I mean, I think Andrew Garfield did, did an amazing job. Okay. But I think when acting opposite Chastain, <laughs> you're not going to stand out, you know? Um, so I think that's kind of my takeaway from this. Yeah. What I will say is that, so uh, I don't blame you if you hadn't. I don't know if you ever saw Hacksaw Ridge. That that came out in uh, 2016, uh, and he got his he got his first ever Oscar nomination. Uh, should have been his second because he should have been nominated for Social Network, but that it's neither, yes. that's neither that's neither here nor there. Uh, but in Hacksaw Ridge, like, he's playing like this soldier, this like you know this like World War II soldier that's like from the South, and it's like I just didn't buy him doing a Southern accent. And it just, it just like really kind of bothered me. And I just, I, I just didn't, it just didn't work for me. And it was distracting. And I was like mad because he that, that same year he was in Martin Scorsese's Silence, which is like, a, it was a far better performance. Mm-hmm. And that should have been the one he got his Oscar nomination for. But like, as I was seeing this, and even though like the, 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 the Bakers are from Minnesota, like they do have like some interesting kind of accent work going on that didn't seem quite Midwestern though. Uh, I don't know if you, you're, you're, they're the one from the Midwest. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but like I, I had trouble placing the accent, but it wasn't like in a way that I felt was bad or anything like that. I was just like, whatever he's doing here, it's, it work, it's working more for me than what he did in Hacksaw Ridge. So we automatically got some like points for that, which is some of the, which is some of the expectation things we were kind of talking about. I was like, all right, here's this Brit coming in to do, uh, play this American. That's like a really religious guy. Like it's going to be a weird voice thing. And it wasn't, uh, I will say, I think, I think you were right in that, like, you know, he, he's not going to stand out when he's next to Jessica Chastain. But like, I think in some of the problems might just be a little bit more with this, the script where it's like, all right, I, I want to like get a little bit more inside Jim's head with respect to like, uh, you know, what, what he's thinking in a lot of these moments where, I mean, like their marriages, whether it be their marriages falling apart or he's facing legal troubles or stuff like that. Like I can tell he's bothered, but I don't, I, I, I don't feel like I'm getting as good of an internal sense of what he's going through as maybe I am with Tammy Faye at certain times, though at the same time, like, I think he, I think it was, I think it was like a, a fine job though. I've seen him like give better performances, I guess is what I would say to that, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's very much a, a I, know, I know it's technically a leading man role, but he's very much a supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Cause this movie is about Tammy Faye. It's through, you know, her eyes, her perspective. Right. So Jim kind of plays, this guy who just ignores everything, mm-hmm. you know, and it eventually catches up with him. He's just pushing down his problems, promoting this false image of, of God's prophet. And then, you know, eventually does go to jail. Right. So I don't know if it's just like, it could have been written with a little bit more dialogue. Right. But I almost feel like Jim's barely there. He's kind of just acted against or reacted to. Right. But I will say like his character certainly revealed. He yeah. is not very sympathetic. Um, yeah. I so- think he did a good job of like, putting on that swarm that you would expect from someone that, um, you know, has that profession and has that kind of like facade on all the time when some of his true nature is like revealed. I think, I think he does a pretty good job in those scenes of like reacting in the defensive and way that like that guy would. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like there was definitely a scene where uh, like Tammy Faye was certainly the, the victim in the marriage and probably the argument and then afterwards, he like turns to her and he was like, I need you to apologize to me. And I was like, wow, mm. that makes sense. Definitely some narcissism happening with this man. Um, and, hip- and a lot of hypocrisy, given that like so much hypocrisy throughout the film. If, um, if, if we were to believe the movie, she uh, she kind of cheated on him, but not to the extent that he cheated on her. So, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, Andrew Garfield, I, I had no problems with the accents. I don't know about Jim Jim's accent. Um, I know it's not as strong as Tammy Faye's, but Tammy Faye's accent is pretty intense. That sounded like Minnesota to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I do also, I mean, Chastain, I believe she actually sang a lot of those songs that were in the film. Especially the one where it's the disco track where it's like Jesus take Jesus keeps on taking me higher and higher. Tammy Faye's disco single. I was like, there's no way this song can be this bizarre. I have to look up the real track. She nailed it. It's almost <laughs> a beat for beat. I think the original is even more campy and, and strange. So like definitely recommend a listen, if not just for a laugh. Um, it's interesting just because like looking at her filmography, she's never really done much before that, like called for singing. And it's if, if, if assuming she actually that was coming from her voice, like I think she she yeah. does pretty good in the, in the in the moments we do see of her doing that. Yeah. I mean, she did go to Juilliard, so I assume they probably made her do a bunch of weird stuff because <laughs> um, it's a very fancy establishment. But yeah, so that's my other recommendation is definitely check out the original track, Tammy Faye's songs. Very interesting. Very bizarre. Well, so uh, just quickly before we wrap up, like, so, mm. you know, the, the, the last like 15 minutes of the movie, one, you see her kind of being called back to perform, but also you, you see her uh, kind of trying to do other stuff in entertainment after uh, she's kind of moved on from Jim a little bit. What did you think of like the movie leaving us on that note? Because in a way it kind of told me like, I mean, again, it, it's a sympathetic look for her, but it also kind of told me like, it, it's almost giving a glimpse into a life like because because also what we're told earlier when she's like uh practicing with the record producer and like he, we're, he, we're being told she's really good i it's hard to say when she's like singing a corny christian song but mm-hmm. like you know her voice sounds fine it's like i think we're getting like a glimpse in the last act it's, it's supposed to be like kind of sad because it's like man if she hadn't gotten wrapped up in religion to the yeah. extent she did maybe there may, may, maybe she kind of realizes it in that moment it seems like she kind of does like Hey, like if I hadn't like gone down that path, maybe there's another life where I am like somewhat of a successful entertainer. So it's actually kind of like a, it actually is somewhat effectively melancholy moment as you see her coming to deal with the the rejection she is seeing when she makes overtures toward the entertainment industry. Yeah. And see that for me, I think is like one of the most moving parts of the film. And I know it's in the last act, but it was very touched by that because now she's just like even more sympathetic she's older she's been rejected by her community that she was so steadfast um in belonging to right and she was kind of a natural entertainer but she just can't seem to get things going and I just want to say you know she goes to this seemingly low-level Hollywood producer and pitches a couple tv show ideas one of which was called I believe Tammy's Teens where she runs around and talks to (laughs) teenagers about, <laughs> you know their life i bet you I would watch that say, i would watch the hell out of that <laughs> who would not you have this you know 55 year old minnesotan lady with her little accent who's you know looks vaguely like a drag queen and just says what her mind says what's on her mind i would totally watch that <laughs> she would have done so well in in this era um to be honest you know because she is just very campy and she was i mean a really cool, I think, piece that kind of the, the actual Tammy Faye was on RuPaul's show. Mm. It was interviewed by RuPaul. Highly recommend looking that interview up. Very entertaining. So she is just naturally just kind of this goofy, silly person who 
the camera does like her because she is just kind of wild. Like there's something inherently interesting about her, which I think this film captured, right? And I do think the melancholy tone was struck because you do kind of see like she wasted her life because she just fell into this marriage and it kind of ruined her, which is kind of sad. But I will say, I mean, I'm glad they stopped it, the film, when they did, because she had a very powering battle with cancel, cancer that yeah, lasted I read years about that. years, right? But she did do a lot of great things, especially for the gay community. And I believe her son's a pastor in like a LGBTQ inclusive church, right? Oh, that's cool. I, I didn't know that. That's cool. She, um, like, I mean, continued this legacy of, of being both religious and very inclusive and very, you know, open and tried her hardest to be, you know, in a, a presence in the entertainment industry to kind of get her, her points of view across. But then it kind of, you know, towards the end of her life, it was kind of a PSA about cancer, which is very sad. But I mean, there, there was enough intrigue and interest in events that happened in her life. She could have two movies made about her and there'd still be more material. But I'm glad they kind of stopped it there at kind of her last performance. It's kind of sad and tragic because it was kind of this woman that was knocked off her pedestal, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not just like extremely tragic, which is I think kind of more or less the tone and trajectory of her entire life. And it is interesting too to to consider, I I believe both of her children are, are still involved in some sort of church, which is interesting to think about considering their parentage. But yeah, overall, very good film, Chastain. We'll see if she brings home an Oscar. From what I've heard, she's in the top, like one of the top contenders, right? Even though the film is somewhat underwhelming compared to others that are, you know, acquiring Oscar-worthy attention. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten quite as into the uh, quite as into the Oscar prognosticating as i normally maybe am at this point in the year so uh if, if that's the case then like I'm, I'm very happy for her like it'd be cool for she hasn't you know she hasn't been nominated she had a rough actually like last five years you know like if yeah. you look at her filmography yeah. and after like you know being everywhere and doing really well-regarded stuff from like 2011 to 2015-16 uh hasn't done much in the last five years besides molly's game that was even what that was even marginally well received so i'd be very happy for her if she kind of got back in the game and got nominated for an oscar for the first time since eight years ago was your not nine years ago was your dark 30 so that would be that would be really cool for her i do you have any other final thoughts before we wrap up sounds like you know at this point i think it's gonna by the time we post this it'll mostly have had its theatrical run but it sounds like you'd recommend people check it out once they have an opportunity to uh, on demand recommend this film very interesting recommend jessica chastain in general, um, mm-hmm. some of her, or I was a big Chastain fan kind of before she blew up because I saw Take Shelter by Jeff Nichols. That was Jeff Nichols' debut. Very good film. She acted opposite of uh, Michael Shannon. So check that out. Um, another just slight thing I want to recommend yes. look up Vic Berger edits of Jim Baker, especially the Jim Baker Buckets video. Very absurdist, very funny. Um, it's just a, a comedy edit of just some of the wacky stuff Jim Baker does on TV. It makes me laugh very hard. So Interesting. Well, I'm fairly critical of this movie. I do think it's worth watching for her performance alone. And there's other interesting stuff just to take from it if you don't know the story. Uh, so that's the last thing I will say on that. Uh, Kayla, is there anything else you've been watching recently you want to recommend to people before we sign off? 
Honestly, no. I've just been rewatching Twin Peaks. So if you've had yet to see Twin Peaks for whatever reason, get on it. So when I when when uh, Twin Peaks The Return came out a few years ago, I was like, all right, I'm going to do all this and I'm going to like do the whole first two seasons just to like actually be able to join in. And I, I thought season one was pretty good. And I just like I never got past like the first few episodes of season two. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe another day I'll, I'll, I'll do that undertaking. It sounded, it sounded like there were people that like enjoyed the return more than they enjoyed season two. Oh yeah. I mean, season two is like universally disliked by even the most diehard Twin Peaks yeah. fans, including myself, but it's like something you just have to go through. You so know? long though. Yes, it is so <laughs> long. Um, but the finale of season two, I still think about it. Really? Okay. But maybe just right. don't honestly just like Wikipedia cliff notes it and then re- watch the finale of season two and then definitely jump on the return. Cause it's, it's crazy. It's very Lynchian though. So it might lose you. It's not for everybody, but it's one of his best works for sure. Interesting. I don't have anything t- too novel to recommend uh, within like a week or less of people listening to this. I'll probably have out my podcast on No Time to Die. So I've been rewatching all the Daniel Craig Bond movies. I think, honestly, I don't think I'd ever, I'm not sure if I'd ever even rewatch Skyfall in full since seeing it in theaters. So been almost 10 years, even though I really liked it at the time, I watched it again today and that movie slaps. Uh, absolutely, absolutely watch it again before uh, before No Time to Die because that's a good use of time no matter what, even if there isn't a new James Bond movie coming out. So I would say to check that out. And yeah, uh, Kayla, before we sign off, uh, do you have any social media or anything like that you want to plug? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Kayla Stetzel. That is K-A-Y-L-A-S-T-E-T-Z-E-L. I used to be funny on Twitter and I'm less active, but I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or memes you'd like to share. That's totally acceptable because you're busy like watching movies and being a law student. They only leave so much time to be funny on Twitter. At least that's my excuse for not being uh, funnier on Twitter myself. As usual, I'm Josh Jernovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y on Twitter and Letterboxd. Podcast Twitter is at Rewind Movie Pod or podcast email is rewindmoviepod at gmail.com. Send any feedback that way. Uh, coming up next on the podcast, I really don't know. It's going to be like, uh, this is like October is just a crazy month for movies. So I'm hopefully going to have stuff, you know, on uh, the many saints of Newark and uh, Venom, let there be carnage. Like I said, no time to die. Uh, just a, uh, a a lot of stuff coming out. And that's just in like in the next week of releases or what's getting released as of this weekend when we're recording this. Uh, so, and, and I think, um, Oh, uh, and, and, and also like, I think I'm going to be doing something also on the last duel. So, uh, I think Kayla will be with us in December to talk about the other Ridley Scott release house of Gucci, which is, I mean, a Kayla movie, if I've ever heard one. And, and, uh, and then I think Kayla also, like we talked about earlier, hopefully join us for, uh, Spencer in November, which will be, you know, in the next six or seven weeks. So, uh, Kayla, thanks as always for joining. Thanks to everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.